Let's first read from the Word of God. Now, first of all, Proverbs. Proverbs 30, verses 5 to 9. And this is the Word of God. Beginning at verse 5, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Two things I request of you. Deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or, lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. And then we'll turn to um, Luke chapter 12. Beginning at verse 13. Verse 34. Then, this is uh, of course from the gospel, and when it refers to him, it's referring to the Lord Jesus. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take heed and Beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Then he said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat, or about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or drink, or what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind, for all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. 
Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So far the word of God. And I proclaim to you the word of God this afternoon as we confess that in Lord's Day 50 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 50. What is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. That is... Provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good and that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. So far, our confession. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ and boys and girls, who belong to the Lord. What, what are, we, are we actually praying for when we pray the fourth petition? All our bodily needs, it says in Lord's Day 50. All our bodily needs. That's all our needs for our physical life. We're created in such a way that we need food and drink and sleep and physical health to live, work that satisfies and income. We need relationships. All those things are part of all the things we need for body. All our bodily needs and included in the word bread in the fourth petition. But then the question arises too, if you already have food and drink and clothing and a house to live in and so on, would you really need to pray this petition then? You have money in the bank, you can go to the grocery store whenever you want. If you sit at a table and your fridge is full and you have income, why would you pray, give us this day our daily bread? You already have more than enough. Why pray, give us today? Well, you have to understand what prayer is actually about. Prayer is not giving God a grocery list or a wish list because otherwise he won't give us what we need. Praying a petition like the fourth one is necessary not to inform God, but it's necessary for us that we express and we train and exercise our faith before God that way by praying it's true sometimes it seems that our prayers are meant to try to convince God that we need this or we need that maybe to try to change God's mind pry his fingers open so he gives us what we what we hope for want But if that's how I pray, then I'm eventually going to think I only need to pray if I'm poor or if I'm sick 
or if my business is in trouble, as long as I'm healthy and things are going good, then I don't need to pray. Because my prayer is just to point out my needs and my problems and my issues to God. Now, it's good, it's good to pray when there are problems and troubles. God invites us to tell those things to Him too. But prayer is actually not a matter of trying to convince God of your needs or your wants. It, prayer in the first place is an exercise of your faith in the presence of God. Of expressing your trust in Him that your Father in heaven does and will provide with all your bodily needs today. And congregation, with that in mind, I proclaim to you what we confess from the Word of God about the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. And those four points I have are actually key words in this Lord's Day. First, provision. Secondly, acknowledgement. Thirdly, blessing. And fourth, trust. So first of all, provision. It begins here. This Lord's Day begins, provide us with all our bodily needs. Provision. That points to God's fatherly care. The, the word uh, is the root of providence. I don't have what I want because of luck, or what I, I don't have what I have because of luck, but my Heavenly Father provides it for me. He provides me with all good and averts all evil or turns it to my benefit as He promised me, and we heard that in the form for baptism. And He does so because He loves me in Christ. Maybe you've had a difficult time at work. Brothers, you mentioned that to your wife, and then at lunchtime the next day you open the lunchbox and there you see that your wife wrote on the banana or on the sandwich wrapping, I love you. And that really picks you up, right? Well, you know, that's actually, that actually counts for everything that God gives you and provides for you in this life. It all has a note attached to it, written by your Father in heaven that says, I love you. And see, that's why I need to pray for my daily bread in order to train my faith so that I see everything that I have and receive that way as a gift from my loving Father in heaven. I receive this and I have that because my Father in heaven thinks of me, has given it to me, loves me. And see, that's why we pray, give us this day our daily bread even though the food is already on the table and there's more in the fridge and in the freezer. It's, we pray this so that when we eat and drink every day, we do so in faith that what is in front of us comes from our Father in heaven. It's so that we remember that He loves us and cares for us. It's so that we think of Him with every sandwich we eat every good night's sleep we have, every day we enjoy with friends or at work or in good health, or with every medication we take for pain or vaccine we take against diseases. Remember, it's from God, our Father in Christ. Our prayer trains us to recall that 
He loves us, and it's Him, it's He who cares for us here. We experience His care in those things. We don't automatically think of that when we receive all those things, do we? In fact, more often than not, we don't think about it, right? We just eat, go about our life, and so on. Our sinful nature wants to assume that we actually have a right to what we receive. And that's why the Savior taught us to pray this fourth petition. Give us today our daily bread so that we experience in everything we receive that it's graciously given by our Father in heaven, that it's His love that we taste in it all. And wouldn't that make you thankful all the time, always? John Calvin said that's why believers find more enjoyment with a simple crust of bread than unbelievers with a great big supper, a buffet. And that's because the believer tastes God's gracious love and care in it. But that requires continuing steadfastly in prayer, praying for your daily bread then too, so that you remember that. So that you realize every day that what you have before you, what you receive, is a gift of love provided by your Father in heaven for Christ's sake. We mentioned already that the word bread in the fourth petition includes all our physical needs, everything that we as human needs for our everyday life, such as food, drink, sleep, employment, pleasure in your work, pleasure in your schooling, pension, medicines for sickness, friends, good relationships, all included in that word bread. What we need to live for God where we are, before God where we are, not more. Jesus doesn't teach us to ask for affluence, for enough for next month or next year. And he also teaches us to pray then for our daily bread. That means at least all believers, but it actually includes all people in the world. Everybody depends on him, whether they realize it or not. Maybe God provides bread for others by giving it to us first with the intention that we pass it on to them. Think of that when you, when you give for the work of mercy, for world relief. Give us this day our daily bread. And if by praying the fourth petition we learn to know God as our loving and caring Father in heaven, then everything we have and receive takes on a, a different, more amazing color, doesn't it? Then everything has a note attached to it, as I mentioned before. Everything has a note attached to it from our Father in Heaven saying, I love you. I'm taking care of you. You experience His love in that. And you'd miss out on that if you didn't know God as your Father in Christ. And if you didn't address Him in prayer. Then your enjoyment of what you receive is never real, full. Unbelievers can seek that true enjoyment but what they get is imitation pleasure from what they have. And sadly, it only leads to eternal hunger and thirst and anguish. So you see how important it is to pray for your daily bread, for everything you, you need to live before God from day to day, as Jesus teaches us in this fourth petition. Every, every slice of bread you receive is a call to remember that it's your Father in heaven who is taking care of you in love by giving you that. And when you have to go without something, 
then it's a call to remember the eternal hunger and misery that's reserved for those who don't see God's hand in what they receive. In fact, the abundance God gives is a call to repentance. And His withholding our bodily needs, His, our bread, His chase, chastening is also a call to seek His face, to go to Christ, because it's only in Him that God loves sinners as his children and heirs. Congregation, in the fourth petition, our Savior teaches us to ask God to provide us with all our bodily needs so that we experience God's love and care in everything we receive in this life. That's what Jesus wanted to teach with this petition. And if we experience that, the following three things will happen too. And we come to that second important word in Lord's Day 50, acknowledgement. It says there in the second line, that is, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good. Oh, you, you can work hard at school or on the job and you're careful with your income so you can buy good things for yourself and it can look as if you can pretty well guarantee that you'll have the good things by doing your best, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, so to speak. And even if something doesn't work out, you always have something else to fall back on. If plan A doesn't work, you've got plan B. But who gave you then, just think about that, who gave you the insight to make those plans A and B? Who gave you the health and the strength to carry out what you have in mind? Who gave you the opportunities you had? Who made it so that you don't live in a war zone at this time? Who gives you life? If God would withhold his hand, then all your plans and efforts, no matter how hard you worked at those things, would all be for nothing anyway. Think of the rich fool we read about in Luke. No congregation. God is the giver of all good. And praying the fourth petition is continually training your heart and your mind to acknowledge that. Everything comes from you, God. Every time we pray this, this petition... We confess everything comes from you. And that's why it's so important to pray this, this petition regularly at every meal too in order that you, you keep confessing that it is God who gives you the good things you enjoy because you forget it so easily. Totally all the things you enjoy from day to day come from your Father in Christ. And without prayer for that, regular, constant, in fact, prayer for that, you will forget it then you're no better than the animals who don't think of that either. Think, of, think about this. God gives bread and all good things to us sinners because he withheld them from his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who became one of us. He withheld them from Jesus, and that's the reason why he can and wants to give us good things. Today, especially at the end of this life, of his life when he was crucified, as we remember on Good Friday in a couple of weeks, he had no clothes. And he cried out, I thirst. He was forsaken by everyone. He didn't get any painkillers. He hung on that cross by nails through his hands and his feet. He who always lived perfectly according to God's will was deprived of all good things 
so that you might receive good things from God, who is your Father through Him. He who always, always used His gifts and abilities to glorify His God and Father in heaven was deprived of all good so that I, who have not used all my gifts and abilities fully to God's glory, could receive good things from God anyway. He was cursed and deprived of everything so that we might be blessed with what we have and what we need. Brothers and sisters, when we pray for our daily bread, the cross of Jesus Christ is there in the background. That's the ultimate thing we need to acknowledge. That's why it's so important to pray the fourth petition, to pray for our bodily needs every day again. Even though we have the food before us already, even though we have houses to live in, an income to buy, all the clothing we need, we need to pray this petition continually because otherwise we eat and drink and clothe ourselves and enjoy all the good things without acknowledging God's goodness to us because of Jesus. Otherwise we will not think about it, but we will take it for granted. We use it all thoughtlessly then and to our condemnation. And then we're also never going to be content with what we have either, especially when we look at what others have. There's always others who have more. Yes, congregation, praying the fourth petition is training to acknowledge that all the good we receive is from our loving Father through Jesus Christ. And we need that training, right? We need it. And that brings us to the next important word in Lord's, Lord's Day 50, blessing. And that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. We can do our utmost and acquire a lot of things, but if God doesn't bless what we have, it doesn't mean anything at all. It's for nothing. As we sang with Psalm 127 earlier on, unless the Lord will build the houses, builders only toil in vain. Praying is reminding yourself of that, that God needs to bless. Otherwise, what you have is going to only condemn you in the end. Two sides to it, you see. I can work hard and make every effort, have an abundance of goods, but my enjoyment of it all isn't in my control. Think again of the rich man in Jesus' parable, Luke 12. This man had worked hard. He had ample goods laid away for many years. He built barns to store it all and said to himself, well, now I can relax, eat and drink and be merry. But the same night, God said, you fool. I'm going to take your life away. See, the enjoyment of what we receive and have is not in our own control. Only with God's blessing are any of the medicines and vaccines and anything you receive useful for your health. Otherwise, they actually won't be of any benefit to you, really. You can have lots of food in the fridge, in the freezer, in the pantry, but if you become sick and your stomach can't handle food, it's no good to you. No matter how many pills you have, too. If they don't deal with the sickness you have, it will not help. 
You can have a lovely home and a nice car and all kinds of good things, but if you get a stroke or have a bad accident, you won't be able to enjoy those things. We're so dependent on God, more than we realize, and we need to pray continually in order to train ourselves to always keep that in mind. God needs to bless, otherwise it's not going to be any good to me. And the other side to that is that all we have is of only a value if God blesses it. In other words, if it brings us closer to God, that's what blessing is about. If it brings us closer to God and not farther away from Him. We read Agur's proverb eh? in Proverbs 30. Give me neither poverty nor riches. And what's really striking is the reason Agur prays that way. Why does he not want poverty? Lest he get to the point where he's going to steal from others and so profane the name of his God. If I run into problems with my business, I may end up cutting corners and cheating on the bills or with my taxes. And that counts for so many things, doesn't it? If my marriage relationship is poor, I might end up seeking sexual satisfaction somewhere else. Or if my marks are poor at school, I might end up cheating, be tempted to cheat on the exams or so. And if I do those kinds of things, then I profane the name of my God, my almighty and faithful Father in Christ, and then I insult Him. And then I give others cause to blaspheme Him. And I can cause others to sin against God then too. And don't think it could never come to that with you, because then you don't know yourself. Agur, he knew himself, and he knew his God. So he prayed, don't let me be so poor that I'd be tempted to take matters in my own hands and end up causing offense to you and to your name by stealing from others, cheating. Because those kinds of activities will only take me and others away from you rather than closer to you. On the other hand, Agar also prays, don't give me riches. And listen to what he says then. Lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? You see, if you have everything your heart desires and everything is just going so good for you, you could easily come to the point where you figure, I don't even need God. I don't need him. What could serving him add to my life? And you can have a good even if you don't live that close to God. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, how many people have become estranged from God because they don't seek his blessing on their prosperity? The Lord Jesus and his apostles warned so often, not against wealth itself, but against where the love of money can bring you. And it's for that reason also that the Lord Jesus teaches us the fourth petition. Give us today our daily bread. If you give me much, let it be with your blessing so that it doesn't take me, take me away from you. Or make me forget you. And don't think you'll never forget God when you enjoy prosperity. Then you don't know yourself either. No, listen to your Savior who taught you to pray continually that fourth petition. Give us today our daily bread. Pray for his blessing in riches, in poverty, and in between so that you may receive blessing on what you have and that it, therefore it may keep you close to him or, and bring you closer yet to him. Finally, we come to the fourth 
word, key word in Lord's Day 50. In the last part of that Lord's Day, we say, grant therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. Trust. Only trust in God. We have to pray that we do that. Only trust in God. Because you see, we're so inclined to build our trust, our dependence on other people, other things, ourselves, our own abilities. And how do you know when you've shifted your trust somewhere else? How do you know when you're doing that? The test is how regularly you pray. How genuine your prayer life is. On the one hand, if we have it good, if we have many goods laid away and if we have lots of investments and people who we feel we can fall back on, then it's so easy to forget how quickly things can change. And then our prayer life withers away and we end up only praying now and then. And maybe we just pray out of habit then too. On the other hand, if things become really difficult, you can become so preoccupied with worrying about your situation and with trying to work out your own your, work your own way out of your trouble that you also neglect to pray. And in both both those instances you're putting your trust somewhere else. Do you see that? Both instances you, you show that your trust in your Father in Christ for all you need is weak or is totally absent. You put that trust somewhere else and placing trust somewhere else you could say is a virus of the soul a a spiritual pandemic which we all by nature suffer from but the Lord Jesus offers an effective vaccine and that is constant prayer prayer give us this day our daily bread teach us to put all our trust in you Father in prosperity, adversity, no matter what happens. See, prosperity doesn't guarantee anything. You can have a fantastic harvest. One hailstorm can take it all away. And you're left with nothing. You can be a genius, but one little clot in your brain, and you lose your ability to even talk. And the Lord doesn't speak of that in the Bible to make you sick with worry. He mentions it so that we direct our trust to Him alone. And so that we pray that we're able to do that. Trust in Him alone. Oh Lord God, teach me to keep in mind that my daily bread comes from You. And that I always put my trust only in You. Also in adversity. We don't need to be anxious then either. The Lord Jesus said, Luke 12, look at the ravens. They don't sow or reap and they have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet, your God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Yes, of of how much more value? He sent his only son for you. To be forsaken and to be crucified to be deprived for you so that you might never be forsaken 
and so that you never have to receive the punishment you deserve for your sin, so that you might never be deprived of exactly what your Father knows you need. You see, because of Christ, we can and we must believe that our Father in heaven will avert all evil, or if he allows evil to happen to us, will turn it to our good for our salvation if we're patient. And so we need to keep praying that fourth petition, right? So that whether there's abundance of bread or whether there's want, we always place our well-being in the hands of our Father in heaven in prayer. And that's why I believe our Savior also put the fourth petition about our daily bread before the fifth petition about the forgiveness of our sins and the sixth petition about help with our temptations. The following two petitions might seem to be more, more important. They're about spiritual things, important spiritual things. Why would he put the bread first? Well, you see, if you're worried about and anxious about your life, your health, your job, your income, your education, then before you know it, those worries can push aside your worries about the forgiveness of your sins and help with your temptations in life. And you know that the Lord Jesus is true man and he knows what we deal with here on earth and what we're worried about here. So when he teaches the Lord's Prayer as he did, he says, first give all, my all your concerns about your daily bread to your Father in heaven and then you don't have to worry about those things anymore and that's off the table then and then you can be all the busier with the matters which are of the greatest importance namely the forgiveness of your sins and the help of the spirit in all your temptations and then you can focus your heart and mind fully on those things so pray first give us this day, our daily bread. Amen.